everybody. Welcome to the Generation Why Though podcast, where we ask why we are who we are, why we make our life choices, what's going on in the world, and why aren't we ready for any of it? We are three best friends discussing why Generation Y do what they do. Oh, best friends. I love that. Oh, yeah, I thought I had best because I think you added best last week, so I thought that would be really I thought it would be super cute. Cute, cute, cute. How's things? You know what today is? Why? What's today? It's our month anniversary for the podcast. <gasps> oh my god! How did that swing by so I quickly? Know. Episode four is because my period is due at the same time. I'm not <laughs> afraid to admit that on the podcast. I've you know never committed to anything for longer than a month, so I'm really proud of us all. Well, <laughs> keep an ear out. You might hear some bits popping up and explanations on, what the fuck does that word mean? Oh, wait, here's our little checker to let us know. Keep an ear out for the Irish glossary. So, how's everybody's month been? It's been a month since we started. It's been the month of October. It is coming to an end. How has everybody been doing? What was the highs? What was the lows? The peaks? The pits? Tell all, Nikki. Um, okay, I have a couple peaks and pits this month. Shall we start with peaks or pits? Surprise me, honey. Okay, I'm, I'm going to start both. with peaks i'm gonna start with like a very basic social media peak because the internet particularly twitter was broken twice this month by kylie jenner her eyes and shine honestly i never laughed so much this month on twitter like i'm not even a twitter person like i'm not in the twitter sphere but the memes that were going around honestly it was amazing i actually wanted to set it as my alarm it is iconic and you know she's actually trademarked the phrase rise and shine what a boss bitch. Like, there is no fucking flies on her. There's no need. Like, Chris Jenner works harder than the devil. That's the phrase. To me, it's, <laughs> it's it's like peak Gen Y humor, though. Like, why is it funny? I don't know why it's funny, but it's been the funniest thing that has happened to me in months. I think my favorite thing about it as well is in the video when she walks into the room and she's just standing there and she holds her diaphragm as if like she's getting ready to sing really professionally and she's like, <laughs> and her daughter's definitely looking at her like, what are you doing? It's for the cameras. Like official Kardashian merchandise at Rise and Shine on it. That is my favorite thing. Bitch does not play. Mm-hmm. Like we all come for the family, but they're absolute geniuses. Genius. We're the chumps. Yeah. They're not chumps. They're genius. We're all underneath them and don't ever forget that. Okay. Um, my second internet peak was the Rebecca Vardy college. Oh, oh. <laughs> and whoever coined the phrase Wagatha Christie is the Shakespeare <laughs> the Shakespeare of their time. Hashtag like, Wagatha Christie. Wagatha Christie was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Oh my god, it was brilliant. Like my favourite thing is it's Rebecca Vardy's account. Like it was sheer genius. I don't think you understand. Like I want to print off that tweet and give it to my children and say, <laughs> children, this is how you create suspense in writing. Building this for months. Yeah. She was definitely sitting at home having a glass of wine every night, being like, oh my god, I'm going to be so famous when this comes out. She's like, Wayne, how should I wear this, Wayne? Should I put it right on my notes? Or should I put it right on Word documents? Oh my god, that was actually quite good. For Thank a second, you. I was about to be like, mm, what was that? And then I was like, you know what? That was really good. Thank you. Did you see the guy who dressed up as like Colin Goody's Instagram oh, page? So good. Oh, so I like the stories. And it's just like <laughs> one viewer, Rebecca Vardy. I mean, I'm sorry. People are so intelligent and so funny. I just bow down to them all the time. Nah, people are just gas. It was amazing. I want Colin Rooney to write my veils. Honestly. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> so for me, I think some of my peaks of October were, it's going to have to be said, I'm obsessed. It's Drag Race UK. Amen, girl. Sorry, I can't sing that. Copyright. <laughs> anyway. Don't yeah, say what's real. The girls are listening. They're going to they're gonna say us. <laughs> but yes, Ripple's Drag Race UK, it finally came out. It's been talked about for so, so, so long. It's been speculated about. It's here. It's queer. And the girls are giving it everything. 
it's just everything. Like in the first three minutes, I heard the word minge like 17 times. It's absolutely <laughs> incredible. It's just amazing television to watch. Everyone needs to watch. I'm not a general fan. No, I take this back. I'm not a general viewer of RuPaul, mm-hmm. but you two really got me into this season and it's so good. And I think as well, the Brits are just like so fucking more hilarious and like witty. But I also love how like absolutely shy they are at being a seamstress and sewing clothes. Like they're so the level <laughs> is so bad. Like, I'm sorry. Some of them, I won't name names because I love them all and I want them to be my friends. Uh, but some of them, yeah, are a little bit heinous. But I'm sorry, the names and some of the girls this season are brilliant. Cheryl Hole. Cheryl Hole's iconic. Something Wong. Something Wong is so good. <laughs> Be so sorry. I mean, come <laughs> on. Yes. They're, they're absolutely brilliant. If you don't watch RuPaul's Drag Race UK, it's on BBC iPlayer. It's Shame free. on you. Watch it. It's amazing. Follow the dolls. If any of the dolls want to be on the podcast, give me a message on Instagram. Thank you. At generation underscore why though. John, any peaks? My peaks were like really boring and shit. I just want to say I had like loads of family and friends come to visit me in October and I got to show my life, my friends, where I live, London to people. And I kind of walking around London. I was like, do you know what? My life is really crazy at the moment. And I loved sharing that. Not nearly as iconic as your moments, obviously. <laughs> but my one's a bit more personal. And no, I just want to say that it was lovely. And thank you for those who came to visit. Please come again. Oh, that's oh, really cute. That was like really cute, wasn't it? I, yeah. For a second, I almost thought you were a human being. Oh. <laughs> I'm a ginger, so no. <laughs> um, One of my big pits this month, it's kind of funny, but at the time, like, it really fucking tore me up. So... I don't know if people remember um, earlier in this month the Euro Millions were £176 million I think it was uh, all the Irish people know because Irish people are obsessed with doing the lotto I think it was like the second thing I learned after being able to read and write of course I did it I did me lucky dip and me usual numbers oh yeah went dummy jolliers jolliers noun holidays so it was all over the news to say that the jackpot hadn't been won and no, I had been won with all Comfort, was You're it? right, it had been won in the UK, in the but UK. nobody had claimed it. I didn't think anything of it. So then I received an email when I was on holidays, one of myself in the Grand Canarias, <laughs> and it was like, you've won a prize, please open your account or your mailbox to see what you've won. And I'm like, oh my fucking God, I've won the Euro Millions. <laughs> told everybody, told you guys, told everybody at home. Not gonna lie, I was... Already spending that million quid that you were clearly going to give me because we're best friends and we podcast together. And I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about it now and I'm getting very sad. No, it's... I was full on shaking for like half an hour. I was like, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm just so ready for this. Well, the thing was, I couldn't access my account from abroad. So I had to wait like four days until I could check my account. Every day I was getting texts in the group chat being like, Nikki, have you checked yet? Like, please, have you won the Euro Millions? You've won the Euro Millions. The minute I got off my plane, opened the message, I'd won three. £3.50 yeah I was sickened I was nearly spending all the money in my head like so so devastating cool so guys this week we're going to be talking about a topic near and dear to the three of us it's all about renting now yes I know John, Nikki and I have lived away from home for a very very long time as we've mentioned and we have been renting for a very very long time so we thought it would be good to kind of sit down and get to grips what it's like to rent in London rent back home some of the horror stories some of the highlights and we're going to play a few games with you as well throughout the episode. So make sure you stay tuned. And we would love you guys to answer along. Also, um, just want to jump in there real quick. Thank you very much to listener Emily McGee, my sister, last week. Shout out. Her, <laughs> shout out, sis. 
for correcting me on Ashley Benson in Pretty Little Liars. She was in Pretty Little Liars and I feel like a very bad gear right now. Rent really affects us, but it affects the whole of our generation. Generation mm. Y are also referred to as Generation Rent. Yes. Um, I think we are the we have the highest percentage of renters for like our age group and it's very difficult for us to buy property right now. So mm-hmm. this isn't something that just affects us, it affects our whole generation. Yes. I do genuinely believe we're the first generation where there is very little to no expectation of us buying in the future. Absolutely. Like our parents, our parents of us, the generation before them was always just like, oh, when I'm 25, I'll be married, have a couple of children and have a house. Yeah. That's not a thing for me. Yeah. I assume for us. It's just not a realistic goal for me at the minute. Like mm. like you mentioned, we've been renting for a long time. If we'd been renting for, say, 10 years, we would have assumed that we'd have a house by now. Mm. I'm nowhere near getting a house. No. I don't know about you guys. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can barely make my rent. <laughs> Speaking of, my just paid my rent like two days ago, so I'm broke ass biatch right now. I don't get paid till what day is this today? Tomorrow. Ugh. But that will be straight away. And another day for the podcast. No, this is all happening in real time. This we is don't need strange. to worry about that. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure that out. Back eventually. to the future. Back to the future. Um, but yeah, so renting is all very near and dear to us. So I think we're going to kick it off with a little bit about our first rent in London. So you guys know that the three of us moved to London um, a little while ago. If you haven't listened to the first episode of the pod, go back and have a little listen. And rate. And rate. So like and subscribe. Um, but we're going to talk about our first rent in London. So John, do you want to talk about the kind of first place that you moved into when you got to London? I moved to London um, with absolutely no money. And I went on spareroom.com and I clicked on the very first option that said bills included. So that reduced my options from about 650,000 to five. Myself and my friend were out in zone six. We viewed all five places for bills included. And my God, you know why the bills are included? Because they're basically paying you to want to live there. It was absolutely horrific. Really? Yeah, no, genuinely awful. I was going back to Ireland in two days time to come back to London for three weeks to work. So I had to find somewhere that day, find four walls and a roof and a floor and a bed now so when you moved to london you didn't have a place did not have a place okay finally found a place and oh my lord okay so it was a three-bedroom house yeah Mm -hmm. he then converted the sitting room into a bedroom oh i hate that he converted the kitchen into a bedroom what yeah and he basically converted a large airing cupboard into the kitchen nah my kitchen was you walk in and there was one hob to the right, there was a mini fridge to the left, there was a shelf up the top, and there was about a foot square space for a chopping board, and that was it. Sorry, can I just say that? Just sounded like you were about to start a song. We got a hob to the right, we got a fridge to the left. Yeah, um, it was absolutely awful, but we took it, it was like 400 pounds. It was a double room. And we thought, yeah, yeah, we'll take it. We had convinced ourselves it was going to be fine. It was going to be fine. Ding dong. I think, just going to interject there. I do find though, when you rent it, you do convince yourself that it's okay to take this place. Yeah. And you look yes. back and you're yeah. like, oh no, this sweetie, like, no. I can be happy here. I can be happy here. So there were six of us living in that house. And when you try to live with six people and one hob and one microwave and one bathroom. And a fridge to the left. <laughs> <laughs> so it was cramped. It was awful. I think I lasted four days before I like basically broke down and cried. but I lasted there for eight months wow but the roommates were lovely that's Um, really important thankfully it got a thousand times better but I did not have the best start I think a lot of people don't have the best start what about you Nikki yeah I agree obviously when you leave home for the first time and you've been living at home with mommy and everything has been great and even if you have 
moved out to live with others in college it's not the same as moving out when you're living professionally and you're kind of making that decision yourself when you move out to college it's kind of made for you you're either in halls or you're sharing with people and it's the same yeah it's yeah. glorified yeah. skill but when you are a big boy and you move to london you never know you're always going to mm. like john says just agree to something convince yourself it's okay yeah. and because you don't know any better exactly. like you, no one is there to really give you advice my parents never rented before they can't give me advice. My parents bought their first home. Do you know what? Like, I think my parents are the same. Uh, but my first rent, I think, is like a bit insane. When I look back at it, it's absolutely insane. And I'm like, I don't know how I did it. But also I look back and think, such like humble beginnings. I'm like proper started from the bottom. Now I'm here. It's so cute. Oh, I look at you now. Um, I know. Look Just at me now. in the middle. So I moved into a, what we called the hut. Have you seen The Hut? No, I moved to London after The Hut. After The Hut, okay. Yeah. When I first moved to London, I was on the internship, as I mentioned before, I think, and I was making absolutely nothing. I moved into a illegal rent, which was basically a granny flat at the back of someone's garden. You what? You know a granny flat. Granny flat, annex or self-contained living space in which your granny usually lives, usually at the back garden. Yeah, but you... Wait, hold on. So you actually rented, like, a little shed at the back of someone's house? Well, shed being the awkward word because it was an illegal rent. I don't think they wanted it to look like it was lived in. So it was a still... It was still a wooden shed from the outside. Nah. Swear to fuck. Nah. It was wooden from the outside. And, like, the insides had been, like, plastered walls and stuff. But it was a studio. I had a bed. I had a wardrobe. It was too small to have a dining table. So the table folded up onto the wall. Oh, kind of cute. Like, she's trying to make it work. I don't know. There's trying to make it work. And then there's people who are, like, renting illegally. Like, <laughs> it's just this awful. Oh, look, I should look at 600 quid. It was 600 quid a month. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, my God. If anyone's wondering, I had... A- Pure fucking gift for guessing rent. It was 600 quid a month, all bills included. Um, I was sharing with my bloke at the time. Bloke. By the way, I don't... I keep, like, saying weird things for, like, bloke, partner, other half-boyfriend, because I never know what to call him. (laughs) So I'm like, what should I... I'm going to call him bloke for this episode, but it might be something different the next episode. So I shared me bloke, and it was absolutely moldy. I shared it with one other human, but maybe 600 other spiders. (laughs) mushrooms in my shower mushrooms in your shower there was mushrooms in my shower were they tasty that's what I was going to say so whenever I was broke like she's going to be grab a snack she's like stew them over the campfire but weirdly it was so cute I lived there for a year oh well then it must be quaint like John said it was great I loved it but it it was obviously too small it was cold in the winter because it's a fucking shed it had no heating obviously I had an electric heater it was grim but I wouldn't have it any other way because it makes me appreciate where I am now so much. Agreed, agreed, agreed. I completely agree. How was yours, Connor? What was your first rent in London? Well, mine sounds much better than both of yours, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I was just about to say, you were by practically in a palace compared to the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said before, when I first moved to London, um, a friend of mine, Luke, uh, wanted us, wanted me to come over and live. Um, so he had a place in London and he had an extra room going that he needed someone to fill. So I had just come back from America and I was living at home, super bored. And he was like, come on over to London, move in with me, I'll get you a job in O2, big up the phone shop. And I was like, <laughs> big, up the, big up the phone shop. And I was like, you know what, why not? Let's just do it because I'd run out of options at that point for my life. So I was like, hey, let's try this. So I came over, we had this lovely little flat. It was a four bed flat split over like two levels um, above a shop. So just like a corner shop. I remember it well. Everyone does. It was a party house. I'm telling you that much. Anyway. It was the iconic set house. It was. It was. it was the ultimate like going from college to pre-college to post-college life, but not like totally breaking away from it. Yeah. It was a nice kind of 
movement on. Yeah, it was lovely. So many stairs. There was a lot of stairs. So it was split over two levels and it was above a shop. To be fair, the shop was unreal. It was a 24-hour corner shop. They would sell us drink <laughs> as much as we wanted, yeah, whatever time we wanted. At 10 o'clock, things would be shorter and people were like, oh, we can't get a drink. And I'd walk in, oi, oi, two bottles of wine, man. He's like, no bother, my friend. So he'd give me the bottles of wine, we'd have a few drinks, it'd be all great. Um, I think I was there for just over a year. Wow. It was great. I didn't so, realise you were there that long. Yeah, yeah. I was there quite a time. I, was, I had one of the rooms, a little tiny room. And then Luke had another room. And then there was two other guys that were living with us as well. Um, it was lovely. We all had a great time. And it was super central. I lived in zone one. I what? don't understand what that means. Guys, I want to repeat again. Zone one. You mean you didn't travel an hour and a half? To get into central London. Oh, girl, no. I lived on the Victoria Line. I was, like, literally in the middle of London. It was a great year and a half. I don't understand. I know. You hit the jackpot with that one for real. I really, really did. It was a fantastic time. Um, So I think I I was due a good one. So I'm quite happy with that one. So that's all our stories when we first lived in London. Now, I don't know about you, but when I tell people, oh, I live in London, the first thing people talk about or say or mention or do a... is the money. How expensive is it? Yeah. So it all varies, but in general, prices are going up. And leading on from that, I've been doing some research again this week. Yes. Time for Nikki's thoughts. Time for here. Time for scientific Nikki. (laughs) Um, On average, London rent prices go up every year. So in comparison to last year, London rent has gone up 0.9%. In general, rent goes up in the UK about 1.3% every year. So there's a constant rise in rent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is also the reason why none of us can afford to buy a house. This is the reason for the housing crisis is because we are all paying rents higher and higher and higher every year. Our wages is not gone up. Oh, God, no. No. I mean, inflation's going up, rent's going up, but our salary is barely, barely, barely being touched. Absolutely. So how are we supposed to save yeah. to buy a house? This is why um, in London there is apparently 61,790 rented homes. Mm. The average rent in London is... What do you think the average rent in London is? Oh, oh, a game. Oh, a game. Um, I'm going... So I'm going to include London from zone one to zone six. I think it's amalgamation of both. I'm going to go for... For the room or for the whole house? This is for... Like an apartment. An apartment. Oh, okay. Oh. Screw it. I'm going to go for 1,112. Okay. Connor? 1,300. It's 1,727 pounds. Oh. Now, this is the average rent. The average income in the capital per month is 2,491 pounds, which means 44.7% of people's income go on their home. Jeez. I mean, yeah. I mean, I would say like over 50% of mine does. And that's not including like bills or buying kitchen paper or buying buying toilet paper oh no completely agree like, do you know what just, I mean like you just a small little things like that we're just talking about rent we're not talking about bills or any of that kind of extra no this is rent alone also he spoke specifically about generation rent so is it the generation wires who are doing most of the renting there's a really good survey I'll stick a link in um, our episode bio or on Instagram it's carried out by Knight Frank survey and it was called the UK tenant survey 2019 I found this really interesting They did a survey in renting across the whole of the UK and across London and compared. So in UK, the highest percentage of renters were so-called nesters. So these were couples aged 25 to 49 years. They held 18% of the renting population across the UK. Mm. In London, the highest percentage of renters are sharers aged 25 to 49. They Mm -hmm. take up 27% of the renting population. So that's all of our generation Y, everyone who's in a shared property, mm-hmm. yeah. renting, not being able to afford a property, yeah. uh, uh, home. Yeah. It's insane. And how many, how many people are living 
month to month. People are like, you know, one sickness bug or one broken leg away from not being able to pay for the rent that month. Exactly. Because rent prices are so high. Yeah. It's, it's a terrifying thought. It's a disaster. So let's do a little quiz. Okay. Ooh. So I think we're going to do two quizzes today. John is prepping for this one. We're going to do a most expensive borough in London and then most expensive city in the EU. So where do we think is the most expensive borough to rent in London? Okay. So let's have a little think here. The most expensive borough in London to rent. And this is based on cost per room. Per room. So yes. it's not... The house, it's... Yes, okay. per room. So in the perspective of a sharer. Yeah. So us pubs. Yeah. Well, me, pub. No, <laughs> no. Definitely, <laughs> definitely us pub. Pubs. Abbreviation of impoverished. Adjective meaning per. Shit broke. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Okay, so I'm going to go first. I think that per room, you'd imagine it's somewhere close to central. So like City of London or Westminster. Which one? Mm, 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 mm. I'm going to go City of London. Okay. I'm going to play devil's advocate and go for Westminster. Okay. So Westminster is number one. Ding, 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 ding. John, correct. Why am I so intelligent? How much do you think an average room is in Westminster? So we're talking like the house. It's like the room in the house. Yes. Right. I'm going to go for £908. Okay. That's mad cheap. It's definitely like 2200 Okay. So John is closest. Yeah, what? It's £1,045. Ugh. Yeah, still minging. Yeah. That's not but, cheap. But let's not forget that's, by any means. But that, that's average. Like there's, there's plenty of rooms that are more expensive than that. Yeah. Well, let's put that into context. That is what? City of Westminster, which yeah. is middle of London, like around by Buckingham Palace and the Houses of Parliament and everything. You were paying, what, £1,000? And- £47. Pounds. £47 for a room. Compare that to us. We were paying, what, 500, 400 quid? Yeah. 400 quid. Half. Nearly triple. Yeah. yeah. I can't count. Nearly <laughs> double. <laughs> oh, I love when you try and do math. Y'all, I don't need this in my life. I'm out of here. But do you reckon what the second one is? I didn't actually take this into consideration. Now that I know it makes sense, but... I can I guess? Next, can I guess? Yeah. So, obviously, it's not going to be City of London, like I said. Is it going to be, like, Made in Chelsea? Okay. What do you think, John? So I can't think of any boroughs um, in London. Okay. What borough do you live in? Uh, Walton Forest. So I'm just going to say Walton Forest. Near It's okay. Camden. Camden? Now, do you know where is in the borough of Camden? Where? Hampstead. West Hampstead. Ooh. There she is. I don't know why I'm saying Hampstead. There it is. So I was just thinking that's obviously like a really affluent, well-to-do, pricey area. T-T-T. So Westminster was number one, Camden number two, Kensington and Chelsea number three, Connie were close, Hammersmith and Fulham number four, Islington number five, City yeah. of London number six, Hackney, Big Up Hackney number seven, Wandsworth number eight, Terra Hamlets number nine. I know that's not all of the boroughs in London, but they were just some samples. I yeah. to say, poor Walton Forest. Well, yeah, Walton Forest isn't even, the, you live in the cheapest place. <laughs> Where's Barking and Dagenham? <laughs> so as non-natives of London and England, as we are from a different country, I'm kind of curious about comparing London to other cities around, not necessarily the world, but say Europe. I've okay. been to most of the capital cities in Europe, Ooh. so I would like to have just a rough idea in comparison to London, because again, when we think of London, we think expensive, but is it expensive compared to other cities? Is it up the top? Is it going to surprise me and be only in the middle? Okay, well, let's find out. Where do you think is the most expensive city to rent in Europe? I'm going to throw it out there right now, Stockholm. Okay. Yeah, I heard like that like mm, Scandi countries are a lot more expensive, so mm-hmm. I'm going to go for, which one did you do? Stockholm. Stockholm and Sweden. I'm going to go for Oslo and Norway. Okay, interesting. So 
these places are expensive, but I think what people get mixed up is cost of living and rent. Okay. So cost of living in these countries might be really expensive, but mm-hmm. the rent may also be expensive, but not as expensive. Okay. okay. London okay. is number one this year and 2018. Not surprised. Not surprised. Okay. Number two was Moscow. Oh, Oh, Moscow from Russia, the yes. famous European country. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> the European I'm, country. The one Moscow. that I will never put a foot in. So, mm. um, number three was Zurich. Okay. okay. Number four is Geneva. Yeah. They're all proper beauty fucking places. Yeah. Guess where fucking number five is? Oh, I was is there where Dublin. It's fucking Dublin. Dublin. <laughs> well, yeah, I see, I see it all the time. Like, I'm from um, Dundalk, which is like halfway between Belfast and Dublin. And mm-hmm. a lot of people from my secondary school would have moved to Dublin. Mm-hmm. And I see stories of them going back home all the time or moving to different countries because Dublin is just so goddamn expensive. expensive. So we're expensive. lucky. We're lucky in London that even though it is expensive, we do have a London living wage. We actually get paid a little bit more in our jobs than our counterparts around yeah. the country. And it's really, really helpful because. Like we said, rent is really expensive. But places like Dublin, their rent has gone skyrocketing, but they don't get any additional income. Like I have friends who work in Dublin. I have friends who work in like Roscommon and they do the same job, get paid the same wage, but one of them pays twice the other. Only twice, three or four times. Nearly. I never realised that this is a really, really good point. And actually Dublin has jumped like four places in a year. Mm. It wasn't number five last year. So that's pretty much insane. I won't go through all of them, but you said Stockholm. Yeah. Stockholm was number 10. Did you say also? I did say also. Also was number 17. So not as pricey as we thought. So you're saying that I've won again. Yeah, I'm just going to say, can we just please stop telling John that he's won these games? We have a little (laughs) swaloosa. I'm just so used to winning. Mm. It's just a great feeling. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As I've mentioned, majority of Gen Ys, percentage-wise, mm-hmm. in these amazing surveys that I read, that I don't even know are correct. But that's <laughs> um, most majority of them are sharers. We are all sharers. What do we think about house sharing? Do we love, hate? Do we have any horror stories? Well, I think for you as a current sharer, do you yes. want to start first on that? Because um, you can draw on first-hand experience right now. Yes. Yeah, so fresh in your mind. I um, lived with my bloke for <laughs> like a bloke. year before I started house sharing. Um, house sharing for me has always been fine. I'm house sharing now with probably the most I've ever house shared with. And house sharing as a couple is really different to house sharing as a single person. I can imagine. Say, yeah. I've never house shared as a single person, which is kind of good and bad. It's good because I move into a house of strangers, but I'll always have that person that I know. Yes. So I have safety in numbers almost. I have that crutch. I have that person who has my back in the house. Yeah. And also I split everything with him yeah. so like it's if you want to live cheap find a man and house share like honestly it's so good it's a great way of saving money um obviously it has its ups and downs general things like keeping stuff tidy but my housemates are like an absolute gem and i genuinely haven't had any issues with house sharing yeah what about you guys i'm kind of over house sharing like i've done them for so long like even in college and then when i lived in america and then when i lived in england and then when i lived in america again and then when i lived in england again and it's just too much. I'm kind of happy in a place where I am right now, living my good life, because I used to live with tons of people all the time, like three or four other people that I didn't know, or sometimes, even worse sometimes, three or four people that you do know, mm. and you find out that you're not compatible living together. You love them to pieces, best friends, but you just can't live with them. And I, I'm at that point in my life where I'm just like, I don't need that stress. With house shares, I'm like, I'd never share with a friend, because I don't want that friendship to like seep into us arguing over who takes what of the dishwasher. Like, that's- yeah fucking horrific it is I know you said you're over house shares but like don't bash me and have you <laughs> no this, this is not a hate podcast I am not bashing you for your house share if that suits you great fantastic I've had my highs I've had my lows and I feel like I'm kind of like 
at a point in my life where I, I don't want to do it. And well, I'm good for fucking it. you, honey. Oh, but God. what I will say, oh, God. Oh, what God. I will say is, a lot of us don't have a choice. I'm not saying that you do, and I'm not like getting like heated with you on the pod. I'll, well. wait, till, I'll wait till afterward. Hold <laughs> me fucking ears. Why are you getting so red, Nikki? My only choice now, and this is another thing with Generation Y, is that the only way I can save money is if I share a house with five other people. I can't save money otherwise. And it's yeah. so annoying. And obviously it's not ideal. And I don't want to do it. I want to live in a flat with me bloke. And enjoy myself. And have a glass of wine. And fucking walk around naked. Like I want to do those things. But I don't have the option. I have to house share. And I think sometimes. Especially maybe from people who aren't in this position. Or who people from home say. Yeah. Who are all saving for their mortgage to live at home with mommy. Might look down at someone who's like nearly 30. Or in their 30s house shares still mm. yeah and i would have been that person 10 years ago but then you think this is how this is the only option we have this is how everyone yeah. lives their life it's so normal now to exactly. be in a house share and then sure connor here who's going to shit all over us but you know <laughs> what can i say yeah although i do think obviously i'm not in a house share um myself either but now i'm thinking like i'm not saving you know i'm in my late 20s i'm not saving nearly as i need to for mm-hmm. the future i was a little bit selfish and now, I'm not saying I need to buy, but I'm thinking to myself, God, like, when I'm 30, 31, am I going to have to, you know, take that plunge and do a house share again for mm-hmm. four or five years? Next thing you know, I'm gonna be that, I could be that person in my mid-30s in a house share as opposed to a person in their 20s, yeah. which is a little bit more, you know, different, say, when you're in your 20s. Yeah. Um, house shares, again, for me, are very hit and miss. House shares, for me, I've made some amazing friends, great times, complete strangers. Well, I wouldn't have stayed in England if it wasn't for them. So huge highs. But then on the flip side, when I came down to London, I had my true horror stories of sharing with people. Oh, still. Yeah, no, true horror stories. When I first moved to London, the house was so shit that the people living there were like, yeah, we're getting the fuck out. So two of them left, two people moved in. That's when it went to shit. Mm. Uh, We had a guy who moved downstairs. He had friends in the house all the time. And these big, tall guys, really, really intimidating. And then also in my in my room I had the gas. Mm. And I had the internet box. So I used to like lock my room, but then my landlord would text me and say, Hey, would you mind not locking your room please? The heating stopped working, the guys couldn't turn on. Hey, the internet box stopped working, the guys couldn't get in to fix the internet box because you're locking your room. I leave my door unlocked. Over the next couple of weeks, oh one of my favorite pair of jeans is gone. (gasps) Oh, where's that pair of boots gone? No way. Oh, I definitely had two iPhone chargers there plugged in. One of them was gone. And then things were being stolen. And then the, oh, my other housemate didn't get on with him at all. And they'd be full on screaming and shouting at each other. And then money started disappearing. <gasps> and then the girl who was living upstairs basically had told me like, Hey, look, just so you know, I was home for the day. Like, they're walking into your room. The internet's not working. I'm going to go into the Irish fella's room to fix this. So they're walking into the room, talking about the internet. She said, so if you go in and say anything to him, he's just going to take, I've just fixed an internet box, leave me alone. Oh I didn't gosh. take anything. Mm. Yeah, no, it was absolutely awful. Truly awful. Shout out to two friends that are like, move in with us. They absolutely saved us. Because after eight months, I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. I don't want to be here anymore. It was awful. Did you ever catch him wearing your jeans and your boots? No, I also I kept looking. I kept looking. Like, I'm gonna find them. I'm gonna find them. I'm gonna find them. But I got to the stage like where I bought like a lock for my wardrobe to keep everything in it, That's and I couldn't leave Damn. anything. I couldn't leave anything lying around. Nothing. It was awful. But it was so nice to my face. Awful. It must be such a horrible feeling to be in a home, a home exactly. that you pay for, and not trust anyone in it. Yeah. Your home is one place where you should feel safe. Yeah. 
when you go into a house here, you have a completely different, I even have a completely different mindset about my home now. My room is like my safe haven, but the kitchen, the living room, yeah, it's nice, but it doesn't feel homey. I don't yeah. feel comfortable there all the time. Yeah. So that must have been awful for you, John. No, it was awful. See, we didn't have a sitting room because he converted it. We didn't have a kitchen. Like we had no space. I only had my room and my room didn't feel safe. It didn't feel comfortable. So that's my horror story. But I will say sharing is very, very important. And some of the highlights of my life have been sharing with people. But also some of my worst times have been sharing with people. It's very hit and miss, but sometimes so essential and so important. I think sharing is something everybody everybody needs to do and has to do at some stage. Exactly. You shouldn't avoid it, but we're going to give some of our top tips on sharing and renting um, towards the end of the podcast. So stay tuned to hear Yeah, we have so many tips. Connor, any horror stories from you? Um, Let me get on the list. So, honey, I have many, 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 (laughs) many, many, whatever, horror stories Mm. from my time sharing. So, one of these is ridiculous. This isn't necessarily, oh God, this is just like, not even a horror story, just a really bad incident that happened. And I can see the two of them looking at me across the table because I tell the story at every party that I go to. I don't know. Oh, you will. Okay. But I'm not sorry. So, when I went to live in New York, I may have mentioned it once or twice. Wait, you've been to New York? I know, I've been to New York. I never knew that. I know. So, the second time I went to New York, sorry. We got the flat, it was all great. The landlord was so sweet, he was so nice, we couldn't have found anyone better. The flat was gorgeous, the people living under us were amazing. The neighbourhood was so cute, it was close to the tube, it was, sorry, subway, it was so cute. All was going well, we were living there for a few months, and I was at work in my fancy marketing job in Manhattan, in um, the theatre district, and I got a phone call. such a faggot. You love it, you love it. So I got a phone call from my landlord and he lived in New Jersey and he didn't really talk to us unless I was giving him the rent. And he's like, hey, Connor, how are you? What's good? And I'm like, yeah, fine. It's a Tuesday. Like, I'm at work. What's up? And he's like, so there's been an incident at the house. So immediately I'm like, oh my God, fuck. Obviously the good life can't last forever. Right, what's going on? He's like, there's there's, there's been a fire. And I was like, a fire? Fire? Yeah, a fire. I was like, okay, well, come on. A bit of details. Like, did the microwave blow up? Like, is the house gone? And he was like, I think you just come back to the house. So they used to say, I'm bricking myself, called all the other guys to try and get in contact with me, just like, where are you? Are you in the house? Are you dead? None of them replied. So I was convinced they were all dead. So I had to go to my boss and be just like, okay, I gotta go. My house is like gone apparently. And he was like, right, whatever. So I got back anyway. I arrived to my block. I could hear this noise, like of fire engines. And I was like, that's not us. There's no way that's ours. It's a music video. Do you know what I mean? We arrived there. There's about seven fire trucks outside oh the house. God. There's people, like, it's all blocked off. There's people everywhere. I was like, nah. I was in stitches laughing because that's the only way I could react. I was like, nah, this <laughs> isn't real. This isn't real. Walked down to the street. My landlord's there like, hey, how are you? One of my housemates is sitting in a black hoodie on a bunch of bin bags, just sitting there like, Connor, what's going on? The house is gone. The house is gone. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm laughing. It's actually a horrific story, but I could just imagine you just standing outside, smoke going up to the atmosphere and you just laughing. Guys, I was in stitches. The house was gone. I, I, thought, had... I can't believe the house was gone. Like, I'm just picturing... Like, it was just a gap. Very loud. It was literally known as the Brooklyn Blaze. The Brooklyn uh, Blaze. It was on the news. Oh we saw God. it on the news. It was crazy. We managed to go in a couple of hours later once the fire had gone down. Like, beds gone, clothes gone, laptops gone. I have a very funny video of me literally walking through the remnants of the flat just singing our house burned down and I will share that on Instagram for all the lovely people to have a look but yeah that's one of my craziest stories it was absolutely insane and I had to sleep in different people's houses for weeks because I had nowhere else to live my house was gone I had to live in I had to share a dorm room with a friend of mine I had to go stay in another guy's basement like it was insane to be fair that's like the peak 
of horror stories when it comes to sharing. Yeah. Congratulations, you have finally won the battle. Mm-hmm. I win. So on that note, let's go on to some of our renting tips. I think know your rights as a renter. Know your rights. There are companies out there for you. Um, speak to them. Yes, and if you've been affected by any of the issues raised in this podcast, <laughs> we'll have the links on our website. Tipping back on some of the important factors when choosing a property, which will lead into our tips. So in one of the surveys that I was looking at, 61% voted that price is the number one factor in the property they pick to rent. Mm-hmm. Followed mm-hmm. by area, followed by space. Tips for price. What do you think is a good way or a good tip in finding a cheap rent? So what I like to say is if you're going to rent in a certain location, always kind of look at the prices in the area. Mm -hmm. So obviously, if you're just looking for the cheapest place ever, you're going to get taken for a ride. You need to be a little bit self-aware. So I would say if you're looking for a cheap place, always think of the place that you're going to go in first. So for example, in London, think of the different boroughs that are around. I know we mentioned a lot that are quite expensive, but there are other ones and zones. There are other ones that aren't too expensive. So have a little look, kind of get a gauge for what's in the area and talk to your friends like I know talking about how much you pay in rent is a bit of a taboo topic for people but if you have good friends ask them what they're paying just so that you can get a general idea of what you should be paying because you don't want to be taken for a ride 100% and I think you need to also weigh up rent might be cheaper further out but then you might be paying more in travel if you work in the city or depending where you live exactly so I've paid cheaper rents before but I've been paying £250 a month on travel oh yeah you need to weigh up what exactly the price yeah. means to you. I don't just always think like, oh, it's close to a tube, it needs to be close to a train station. Trust me, buses, especially in London, are they're a hidden gem. They're so good. Because I come from Ireland where the bus system is just horrific. Look at buses, look at the DLR, things like that. Where do you find your rent? So I know we've mentioned that we have spare room, there's right move, there's roommate. I would also say to people who are looking Trent, join local Facebook groups. Yes. Oh, yes. So I was just clued into this recently when I moved to Hackney and I was finding stuff online and like people would never reply to me on right move or never reply to me on spare room. But I was entered into this Facebook group and there was loads of people that were particularly sharers were advertising their properties in this yeah. Facebook group, knowing that they're going to get friends of friends or someone they trust. Yes. I think that's a really good way to get started. And um, agents are not your friends. 100% avoid agents. Yeah. Well, I'm going to chime in on that one. As of June 2019, yes. agents can't charge you fees anymore. They can legally only charge you to reference to make sure that you can actually afford to get into a place. And that's about it. You're correct, Connor. So administration fees, I think it's what they called it, mm, are yeah. no longer are illegal now, as of June this year. I don't know if you've ever heard of guardianship. No. No. Okay, so guardianship is a really good idea. Um, I've been kind of looking into it myself. So there's these companies who will take ownership of buildings. So it could be residential buildings. It could be office buildings. It could be old warehouses that are going to be knocked down. Guardianship companies take them over. They make them livable for people. So they will transform it into a living space. Yeah. And you get really, really cheap rents that way. So I could be staying in an old office space in Shoreditch that's going to be bulldozed soon. In like five years? or Could be five years but you're giving a two-week notice so it could be five years or it could be in two weeks time ah, okay. it's usually in and around two to five years that you yeah. could live there but they can evacuate you at any time or not evacuate I guess um, <laughs> change get the hell out evict you evict you evict you um, but you're basically the guardian of this building so you're securing this building and living in it yeah. for five years so it doesn't become a squat so it yeah. doesn't become you know desolate whatever yeah. great way of saving it's a great way of getting really cut rent but the downside is you could be living in pretty shit properties and they give you two weeks yeah. eviction notice so it's not hey look you can't win it's hard to find you can't yeah. them all um, from a female perspective, I don't know whether you guys think this, but I'm not being sexist, but just as a woman. No, 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 please. No. 
great percent of mind all the time. I know when I was viewing places, I would always go accompanied. I would never go on my own because you never know who's waiting. You never know. You never know. So for all the girls out there, or and guys, doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm just saying because I'm a female. If you're going to go view a property, please bring your friend. Please bring someone. Bring your boyfriend. Let someone know where you're going. Exactly. Like, um, I think a final tip from me would be just to kind of make sure that they're actually legit. Like make sure they have mm. a legal, what's the word? Landlord. They're a landlord. Yeah, make sure they're a landlord. Make sure they're actually allowed to rent you the room. Make sure yeah. they're not some rando subletting a room that they're actually renting. Make sure they're not just some rando that owns this house. Like it's got to be legal. I think it's a general consensus though with renting. You always have to prepare to sacrifice something. Yes. Be it space be it rent, be it sharing with others. Privacy. Privacy, exactly. Be it your jeans and your boots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to sacrifice something at some stage. Yes. And sometimes you sacrifice the entire apartment. Yeah, sometimes you're homeless. <laughs> sometimes you sacrifice relationships. Let's <laughs> oh, oh, God. So I think another thing that we wanted to kind of bring up in this topic is the concept of like, you know, your forever home. I feel like as Generation Y, like you mentioned at the start, we really do... Um, have the idea that we're not going to have a house of our own. We're going to either just rent forever. And I think as well for us, especially because we moved away from home and we live in London mm. where we're renting all the time, I look back and see some people my age who live at home who are building their own houses, who yeah. are doing their own things. And that's totally fine. But I feel like now as our generation gets older, we're kind of steering towards that. Mm-hmm. Um, for our parents' generation, it was the complete opposite. They yeah. always wanted the house. Like, yeah. I know for me personally, when, when I think of myself 10 years ago, looking at me now at age 27, I would have been convinced that I would have had a house I would have been settled down I would have been on the way with kids like that whole idea do you know what I mean yeah and I think for generation Y especially that's definitely shifting I think the issue is there's two issues here there's the idea that we all have that success and forever equals buying a house being married having kids we're keeping that idea with a generation that's changing so how can we still keep the idea of us being able to buy a house when house prices are increasing it's not becoming more accessible but we're not changing our attitudes we're not accepting that okay maybe we have to rent forever Mm -hmm. there's cities in europe i know berlin i think people rent forever in the states people rarely buy their homes they'll Mm. rent their homes for a very long time we're stuck in this mindset that we have to buy a house yeah and we should all be entitled to buy a house we should all be able to um, I'm just going to put up a, a mad statistic that I read here. Go on, scientists. Um, Go on, scientists. So this is from Homelet Rental Index. Typically, first-time buyers take out a loan of 3.7 times their income. What? That was in 2019, yes. 3.7 times their income. Fucking hell. That's insane. That's not normal. And yes, we all want to buy a home, but I don't want to buy a home at the expense of my life yes exactly and this is the key i feel like a lot of people in our generation think we have to get a house and people will take out these loans to do that but the world is changing around us everything's not the same as it was like you know when our parents were kids and they were getting houses you know what i mean we need to realize that times are changing and we can't have that mindset that we need to have this house but there's also that fear of we need to get a house we need to get a house we need to get a house but then you hear those stories of people, I don't want to be in this area, mm-hmm. I don't want this house. Suddenly you have a house that you can't sell, suddenly you feel a bit trapped. I do want to own property, but I have this awful fear that I put all my work, all my life, all my efforts, like 20 years trying to get it, and then suddenly I'm like, actually, I don't want to live anywhere, I want to go here. I don't have, you lose that um, freedom. freedom of movement. Agreed. You lose it. And I do think our generation is also a generation where we have no problem with live, um, moving away and want to explore the world and see the world. Whereas I think our previous generation were very much like, you know, oh, you know, grow up, buy a house, have to settle there, raise the kids. I want to see the world. Yes. And I think that there is a bit of a difference. And it's not, we're not trying to say like, you know, 
everyone back then did this and everyone now does that. Mm-hmm. There are those people in our generation who are more than happy to get oh, a house and settle down and do and that all thing. power to you. And that's totally fine. I have friends myself who are building houses and I can't wait to stay in their house. Yeah. But yeah, I guess it's just different strokes for different folks. Amen. I think the reality is that we can't afford it. I would love to be able to buy a home. I can't afford it. Not yeah, it's here. not that I'm in a, posi- in a position where I'm happy to rent and I enjoy the freedom of renting. And actually, that is one of the biggest plus sides of renting is that where I live now in Hackney, I could never buy a home, but I can rent there. Yes. So that is a good plus side. Yeah. P- plus, plus side? Positive. Plus side? Positive. Positive. Yeah. What am I saying? <laughs> We've been here for a long time. I think I need to suck it up and accept what is a home. Like, yeah. my home can still be the same thing if I rent it. Go yeah. on. Home is where the heart is. Oh. Yeah. It doesn't, it, it doesn't, at the moment, it doesn't concern me about buying a house. Yeah. Like, I'm living pretty okay at the moment. I, I quite like the, th- the thoughts of, like, I can go here for a couple of months. I can go here. I can go there. Maybe I won't be happy. I think the freedom movement is quite important to me right now yeah. in this moment of time. I, I just think that like, that culture or that thought process wasn't there previously. Yeah. I think a lot of, Maybe not everybody, but I think there's quite a few people that would greet me. Like, if you get a house, I wouldn't say you're necessarily trapped, but that means you're there. Yeah. Also, if my boiler breaks down, that's the, that's the landlord's problem. 100%. And you're right as well. What we're all forgetting is we might not be able to afford a home, but we all go on holiday three, four times a year. Oh, yeah. Do. yeah. My parents didn't fucking do that. Yeah. I'm on holiday all the fucking time. <laughs> like, that's why I can't afford a house. Oh my god, guys, we're so serious tonight. Oh, stop. I know, we got really deep on this one. Really deep. Hope you guys appreciate it. We're trying to make sure that we're having a bit of fun, telling our stories, but getting digging deep into those stories. We just love talking about shit about ourselves, so it's good to bring it back to the series. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it shows character growth. We're now starting our season-long arc. I can't wait for mid-season arc. <laughs> What's going to happen in the season finale? Stay tuned. So for this Wido segment, we're going to get a little bit more fun. We're going to have a look at some of the most crazy rental opportunities in London at the moment. Now, these are insane. I'm doing a little bit of research for you guys. Didn't tell you what they were beforehand so that you can be just as shocked as I was when I saw them originally. But oh my God, the landlords that are actively trying to sell these houses for the money they're trying to sell. Disgusting. Disgusting. Vultures. <laughs> okay, so let's start with the first one. So here we have a fabulous rental opportunity. Ooh. You will pay £1,000 a month. Mm-hmm. It's in Brighton. I know, slightly outside London. Okay. <laughs> But I'm going to show you this picture and you just tell me what you think of the toilet beside the bed. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. Guys, tell us what you see. So basically there is a Premier Inn type room <laughs> with a bed. A There's a velour chair in the corner, which is quite nice. Yeah. A toilet that's in the room. So there's no separation of toilet to bedroom. There's a toilet right beside the bed. I mean... I'm not gonna lie, if you put your hand here on the screen, you think that's really fucking cute. I like the colours. But then suddenly your hand kind of slowly moves away from the corner <laughs> and suddenly you see this kind of blue kind of lino and you go, why is it suddenly gone to blue? What's going on here? Ooh, desk chair or something? And then you see us, the white cistern, the white toilet seat. Oh, it's a bog. It's a bog. <laughs> Just gonna point out, I love the reference of the hand on the screen. It was a great reference for a podcast. Visualize, guys. Very, very visual. It's like somebody photoshopped a toilet into the room. It does. It doesn't even look like it's meant to be there. Oh my god, it's so bad, guys. It's just there. Do you know what they've done? The room is full of mirrors to give the illusion of space. (laughs) (laughs) I love that in changing rooms. Yeah, these these are all going to be on the Instagram, so make sure you check it. But yeah, it's one grand in Brighton to have an all-in-one toilet sharing bedroom. (laughs) The people, the people who show me into it. 
The people who show these off are absolutely ridiculous, but, like, the comments that people give on these is just insane. Like, why would you want to pay £1,000 just to watch someone take a shit while you're sleeping? (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, there's a fetish for that. I just wanted to say, I mean, some people are probably like, I'm not going to lie, like, I paid £2,000 for that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the next one we have is a little bit closer to us. It's in Uxbridge. Okay. End of the... Victoria Line? End of the Metropolitan Line. They Metropolitan go Oaksbridge. I used to work there. Oh my God. How long was your commute to there? Well, it was when I lived in Harrow, so oh, it wasn't so bad. Only four hours. Well, for anyone who doesn't know, Oxbridge is like zone nine. It's like far away. It's on the it's... very end of the Metropolitan Line. It's like near as, out, as near far out of London as Slough. It's zone six, correction. And it is the last destination on the Piccadilly and Metropolitan Line. TFL, hit me up. Oh my God, did I just lie and say that it's zone nine on the <laughs> Metropolitan Line? You're really bad at numbers. Oh, this is not my podcast <laughs> Oh, I'll episode. teach you. It's okay. not my podcast episode. Anyway, so this one, for a lovely £900 a month, you can pay to live in someone's conservatory in Oxford. Wow. I mean, you get like a 360 degree view, right? No, what I'm saying is it's a conservatory. This isn't like a random room that's on its own. This is a conservatory built onto the home of another person. Jesus. You're paying 900 pounds to take the conservatory only. There is a family living in this house. Is there like a toilet? Do you have a picture? Girl, I'll show you this picture right now. So it you're is insane. Here's a picture of the outside of the conservatory. Nikki nearly fell oh, off her fell chair. Off my chair. Wow. It was this bad. Okay, from the outside, you're, it looks like you're effectively paying £900 to sleep on someone's couch. Like, yeah, I no. don't. That's basically what it is. Hold on. There is a much better picture in here. £900 for sound six. £900. Oh, oh my God. It's a <gasps> single, it's a single That's bed. It. All right, so let's describe this. This is like a studio slash annex, but it's actually someone's conservatory. Yeah. So it's a single bed. The bed is probably even smaller than a single bed. Yeah. There's a rotten leather porno couch that's looking onto the bed. But to me, it looks like they had that couch in the conservatory and they're like, they couldn't even be bothered to remove the things from the conservatory. They were just like, oh, let's just move the bed around the items. That's not yeah. even an attempt to remove <laughs> things that were previously there. That's exactly what it is. They literally just shoved the bed into and the then, conservatory and said, give going, to quit. And then you just see the family kitchen right there. There isn't like, there's a door, but like, no, you know what the kitchen's is? just there. You'll have a look. That's not even their kitchen. If you look closely, that's like their utility room that they just <gasps> yeah. shoved the oven into. Yeah, it is. Do you know what I mean? It's just so... I just noticed the wardrobe. You barely see that wardrobe. I bet you didn't even pick up on that wardrobe. Oh my God, I didn't even see the bloody wardrobe. <laughs> Guys, we're going to link this up. See how, let us know how long it takes you to spot the wardrobe. <laughs> the lesser spotted wardrobe. But honestly, 900 quid. Like, and Oxbridge is so far away. Like, imagine, so far away. Like, imagine if you were working in central London, that would take you like a good hour and a half mm-hmm. to get in every morning. So you're paying less money. Then we said earlier, paying less money to live outside of London, but you're paying more in transport. Makes no sense, guys. All of um, the houses that we've just kindly reviewed um, and very badly explained will be up on our socials so check them out um, and also if you have any awful awful horror stories or really good rent stories be it london ireland anywhere please get in touch and let us know okay guys well i think that wraps up another episode of the generation my though podcast yay what a lovely anniversary episode i, I think it's really cute i was about to say i'm really happy we've been doing this for like about a month and we've had four episodes you guys have been so good with your feedback yeah. all we've heard is um Really nice things from our friends and family and listeners from all over the world. I can see the statistics. Hello, people in other countries. 
Um, but yeah, thank you so much. As usual, we'd love to hear your feedback. We want to grow. We want to get better. So please send us emails at genwytho at gmail. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at generation underscore why though. And of course, we can't have everything the same. So Facebook is going to be at generation why though. So thanks very much, guys, for listening. We are so excited for your feedback. We are so excited to record next week's episode. And we cannot wait to be back. Cool. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.